Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy Valentine's Day. Welcome in to a lover's edition of the Best Bets show. All made possible by Bet Rivers, our fine sponsor on the Field of 68 platform. Matthew Cox, running host, the Fly Fisherman down here in Naples. Jimmy Root, Kai McKeon joining me, flanking me on the wing. That was a lot to get to today. Uh, decent slate here. Uh, a good uh, amalgamation of Big Ten, Big 12, Big East battles. We'll get to all of it, including your questions. In the chat mob at part one intermission at the end of the show. But first, typically we learn things as you watch our fine sport of college basketball. Uh, we're learning more and more as the season grows older by the day, Mr. McKeon. So what did you um, tell us about your copious note taking last night as you astutely watched the world of college basketball? Uh, Baylor, legit, legit. Watch out, folks, for Baylor on the one seed hunt right now. The Baylor Bears are in play uh, for the coveted spot in the, in the NCAA tournament. 22 to 1, folks, in the markets right now. Just saying, pretty darn good value. Their price is like the 20th, 15th, something around their team. Boy, I think they have a lot better shot with that, uh, with JTT back in the lineup. Also, Texas Tech, pretty impressive, man. Davian Harmon just carries that team. He's been super impressive in, in the backcourt. They can conceivably make the dance still. If they go 4 and 1 the rest of the way, that nets them another 2 to 4 Q1 wins, puts them at 7 11 in the Big 12. 18 and 13 heading into the Big 12 tournament. It is possible for Texas Tech to still make the dance. That would be crazy, Jim, after their start. Why don't you hog all the takeaways, Kai? There's only like 10 games yesterday. You're going to take them all. How dare you? Two takeaways. I'm kidding. kidding. Uh, I'm wearing all black today because F Valentine's Day. I'm a single (laughs) curmudgeon. No, that was just a coincidence. Uh, Yeah, love Baylor, Kai. And then just got to get a jab in at UNC. Uh, I don't really know why they don't try frequently on defense, but. It certainly happens. And Matt, I tweeted it last night. It's just objectively funny that the preseason number one team in the country has no Q1 wins. Zero. Yar. Gross. We saw that coming, didn't we? No, we didn't see zero, it coming to this level. Of the Q1 game. wins. Yeah, we ranked no, them like I fifth. I, do, I know. We were, we're group thinking. We, we knew better than that, though. We, ah, come on. We know better than that. That team's not that good. They had a month and a half of good play last year. whoop de doo All right. Um, to tonight's action, we're going to kick it off with Big 12 basketball. Heading down to Stillwater, uh, Jim, going to you first. The Pokes are hosting the Fighting Kansas Jayhawks. Oklahoma State has found a new life. Uh, Musa Cisse is back, but Jim, as you've alluded to multiple times, it's actually his front court mate, Caleb Boone, that's been the impetus to their recent rise. Even without Avery Anderson, they have been awesome. Do they keep it rolling tonight against the Jayhawks at home at Gallagher Iva? And I, the number kind of leans Kansas for me. Uh, we've talked a lot about on the show, liking Kansas as the short road favorite, um, pretty solid in that situation, not laying too many points. 
But Oklahoma State's defense kind of profiles well against uh, Kansas' big collection of wings. They've got some guys that can switch on Jalen Wilson, Grady Dick, Kevin McCuller. It kind of makes sense to me just from a matchup perspective. And then, yeah, Matt, you mentioned Boone. Uh, last 11 games, he's averaging 16 and 6 and two blocks, like basically becoming an all-conference big man. Not bad at all, considering we, we thought CSA out would, would really sink them. Uh, they're hot right now, Kai. Um, the, the one thing, Bill Self has, has covered five of the last seven against Boynton. That's basically since he got mm-hmm. swept. Uh, was it like five years ago now? Uh, like the first time anybody had swept Bill South in Big 12 play, and he has not taken too kindly to it. Mm-hmm. But Oklahoma State covered earlier this year, so it's not like it's impossible for this version to do that. I'm torn. Did not bet this game, Kai. Yeah, I, I'm so impressed by Oklahoma State. Uh, despite losing Avery Anderson, they, they keep on winning. The, the win at Iowa State cements them in the tournament. It's been an impressive uh, bounce back since being ineligible last season. I'm happy for Mike Boynton and everyone on on that team. Matt, Kansas won game one by just two points at the fog. I believe it came with a little controversy. I I, I seem to recall there was some sort of all, ref All those home issues. KU been, wins right? have some controversy. Yeah. yeah. Okay, State was up 15 at the half. They were hot from three. I think they have a chance here. Um, they're the best defense in the Big 12 right now. They force turnovers. They're impossible to score against. Inside the arc. The question is, can they get enough offense? Is it going to be Bryce Thompson doing a little revenge tour here against his former team? We'll see. I do lean towards Oklahoma State. The spread, one and a half. Pretty short. Stayed away. Yeah, I think the line's pretty sharp. Um, tough to fade Oklahoma State here, just given the form that they're in currently. Uh, market seems to be leading their way. Opened Kansas minus two down to one and a half pretty much everywhere. Over's been bet up two and a half points at most shops as well. I looked at Kansas' recent um, I mean, they've been playing a little bit faster or have they just been getting caught up in track meets with their opponents? Um, kind of Oklahoma State overs sound like the worst thing ever, but, but maybe there's a little bit of a trend there. Some people clearly are sniffing that out. Uh, Jim, we stay there in uh, Oklahoma heading to um, Norman, where the Sooners will be hosting Kansas State. Another short Big 12 home spread here. Oklahoma opened at a pick. It's basically a pick dancing back forth between minus one, plus one both ways. Man, I'm just not a huge fan of either team from a value perspective. Just to be clear, I'm very in on this K-State team now, but the value, I don't see a ton there. Um, Oklahoma basically has played one good game all year. Well, sorry, all calendar year, and that's the Alabama game. Um, did they get up for this one? Catch a uh, potentially, I don't know, unsuspecting Wildcat team away from home? Yeah, I think that's a little too harsh on Oklahoma. They had the Alabama one. I, some decent efforts early January, like the Baylor two-point loss at home, the Kansas four-point loss on the road. Yeah. But the last like eight games, yeah, it's been really, really bleak for them. They've lost 10 to 13. I, matchup-wise, I kind of think this this sets up decently for K-State. They're a team that really wants to play through two guys, namely Noel and Johnson. And Oklahoma's a very under-ball screen team, which allows a lot of ISOs, Kai. And I think... K-State's okay with that. You're going to let me ISO with with Marquise Noel or Keontae Johnson against decent but not elite perimeter defenders for for Oklahoma. And with the way the Sooners are reeling, I actually kind of like K-State here. I think they've got a little more to play for, and I like the matchup. So it would be Wildcats for me. Yeah, and K-State losers of three or four. uh, They're not as strong on the road, but it's a good bounce-back opportunity for them. Um, After beating Baylor and Texas this season on the road in Big 12 play, Matt, they're own four against the spread and straight up on the road in the, in the Big 12. We know OU can beat good teams at home. KU did just destroy them, but Jim mentioned the Alabama effort. That's impressive. That's hard to ignore. Having said that, I do like K-State here. 
There's going to be some fireworks with Sherfield and Noel going, going back and forth. I don't think anybody can really guard Keontae Johnson. And Oklahoma's offense has been abysmal in, in Big 12 play. 93.3 points per 100 possessions in, in conference play. That's about 350th nationally had they done it all season. It's ha- It has not been good. I like K-State here at minus one in the bounce back, Matt. I can't believe I do too, um, but I do. I mean, Oklahoma, yeah, dead last in the Big 12 in offense. Multiple people in the chat saying how it's basically Grant Sherfield and everybody else. Um, I agree. I mean, Tanner Groves is good, but I think people are figuring out how to scheme against him. Um, you could argue he has a pretty good matchup here against K-State's front line, which is not overly overwhelming, right? I think they can maybe, what um, Moser can find some matchup edges there. But, you know, this would be a typical spot where I'd say I like the spot, but now that they're 2-10 and 10 in the Big 12, it feels like things are slipping I think it's more just of a fade the following night than like a buy low on the bounce back good spot here for the Sooners. So I cannot believe I'm saying this, but I like the Purple Kittens as well as the current price. Um, we're leaving Big 12 country, running Big 10 country. Kai, going to you here, up to uh, to Nittany Kitten country. A little revenge on the mind of the Fighting Illini as they got shellacked at home by Penn State way, way, way back when. Um, this Illinois team is different. Um, used a big, big run to put away Rutgers last game. I think Rutgers went through like an eight-minute scoring drought there. Uh, I don't like fading the home teams in Big Ten this year. It's been a very non-profitable strategy, but I actually like both big, uh, both road teams in the Big Ten tonight, including the fighting line I hear. What are you looking at? Yeah, you mentioned Penn State won that first game. The teams were in different spots back then. That was during Illinois' kind of like swoon phase. Penn State was... Uh, on fire they they were 12 for 24 from three in that game that is their thing they do tend to do that and they could still do that tonight and certainly if they're hot like they can get they they can give illinois some issues but illinois has been way better than penn state since that penn state's dropped four in a row and i'd like to think that illinois gets some revenge here again the shooting thing at home worries me a bit um but but i can see illinois kind of taking them to the woodshed today jim yep i like illinois best bet minus three on the road, Illinois, I think they, they get a lot of revenge here. That that first game was such a weird spot in terms of how Illinois was playing. Like you said, that was part of their weird lull. They got massacred by Mizzou. Uh, they barely beat Alabama A&M or, or played with them for like 35 minutes. Got crushed at home by Penn State. Totally different team now. They've covered nine of their last ten. Like They are scorching. The only one they didn't cover was that Indiana home loss where the Hoosiers took care of them. And that's another team that's playing pretty well right now. And I think the physicality of the Big Ten is starting to wear down Penn State a little bit. Their their leading rebounders are Lundy and Pickett. It's hard to do that against teams with actual front lines. Dane Danger can probably have his way here. And again, Luke Goody is maybe going to start contributing a little bit. He played five minutes last game, didn't do anything at all, but just adds another lineup option, Matt, for Underwood. And I think I think Illinois is going to be the motivated favorite here after the kind of embarrassment at home the first game. So best bet, Illinois minus three. Did you mention Melendez? He's back too tonight, which is huge for Illinois. Yep. Yeah, he has. I, I looked at that too. I noticed he missed last game. I looked at how his production has sort of tapered off because those guards have been so good for Illinois. I do think he he matters, especially in this matchup. If you're going to need to throw a bigger body on Pickett, if he's going to post or uh, one of those wings. Uh, yeah, I, I love Illinois here. Um, you know, other than the the road angle, Big Ten, everything else sets up well. They're more, you know, they're the well rested team. Um, and Penn State trying to go big with their starting lineups recently has kind of worked against them, I think. Like, I think they should have just stayed in there zigging against the zag of Big Ten bigs, and now they're trying to play up with the Big Ten size, and it actually is, is backfiring. So, yeah, I like Illinois here quite a bit. I think they get that revenge. I think Underwood has these guys ready to roll. All right, staying in Big Ten country, Jim, we're going to your old stopping grounds kind of um, buzz cut basketball 
it's been ugly this year. And they are hosting the Wolverines. And the obvious headline is, will there be a uh, Slapgate revenge situation? Maybe that's an exchange before or after. We don't really know how it's going to play out. All parties have put their swords away, except for Hunter Dickinson, who had some not-so-nice words for the Wisconsin basketball players. Place will be rocking, no question, Jim. But I don't care because Wisconsin's not very good. I like Michigan quite a bit. That's my simple take here. Another road, Big Ten team lean. Scary, I know, but that's where I'm at. I disagree. I, I think Michigan's not very good either right now. That's I think they might be a little bit deflated that. from that collapse against uh, Indiana. Like that's a game they should have had, would have vaulted them up at least into tournament consideration. Definitely not in the field yet. But dropping that one has put them in really, really dire straits. Wisconsin's actually probably closer to the field right now, despite some of the the poor play recently and just generally tough eye test evaluation on the Badgers. But they don't have no like bad losses, Kai. The team is still relatively competent. I kind of like them at home. It feels a little short. These teams are a little closer to equals to me than Michigan two points better on a, on a neutral, which is what the line kind of indicates. So I would be Badgers here. Uh, I did not end up betting it though. Mr. McEwen. It's a giant game for the tournament. Uh, both teams basically square in the bubble or the outside looking in Scott mentioned fielding the 68 does have Wisconsin. In the first four, they have like six Q one wins. Their, their quality win count is huge and that's, what's keeping them afloat right now. But they did just lose to Nebraska. That that's a bad loss, man. Uh, it might not be a Q three quite yet, or it might be a Q three, and I'm not sure. Either way, they need to win this game. So does Michigan. Michigan's been better in Big Ten play, and I do think they have a true edge with Hunter Dickinson. No offense to Crowell or whoever guards him, but I think home fa- uh, home court is a true factor here. It is a tough place to play, though the Badgers haven't been quite as stout this season. They dropped games to Northwestern, Illinois, and Michigan State at home. A couple of those games, uh, they, they were definitely shorthanded without Tyler Wall. I'm staying away, Matt, but I lean towards the home team here. Again, both teams need this game like blood. Uh, just an update on the Big Ten home team. ATS splits 59-37 and according to, to Bet Labs, but the cover margin is just under a point, so it's not like they're covering by some monstrous uh, margin. So my point is don't be like terrified to back the road teams here because uh, I think, especially with Illinois and um, I guess in my opinion, Michigan, I think there's pretty good angles that negate that. You're right, Jim. I think all the points on the anti-Michigan angle are valid. I'm just probably backing the smartest kindergartner in this one, so to speak. So that's where I'm at. It's time for Chat Mob, part one. All right, right back to you, Matt. Mountain West, my old stomping grounds, Vegas. Uh, UNLV hosting San Jose State. They're laying seven at home against the fighting Timmy Miles. What do you got for us? Who knows? I cannot figure out this running Rebels team, man. They get down, what, 20 or something and a half over the weekend was really disappointing in a pretty good spot. Uh, they fought back and almost covered that back toward it, but still, I very uninspired. And San Jose State continues to shatter how good this team can possibly be. Every time we think they've hit their peak, they just keep going higher. They're almost in top 100 in Kempom right now. Uh, laying a touchdown on the Rebs, I'd stay away. All right, how about Loyola Chicago, a local squad for us? They're headed to UMass, mm-hmm. who did get RJ Luis back last game, but they're still really tough to figure out. UMass fans are going insane trying to watch that team. Uh, Miniman laying four and, four and a half at home. Yeah, and still shorthanded without Diggins, without Fernandes. Um, I stayed away. I thought about it because UMass is due for a sort of bounce back. Loyola has been terrible this season. But I also think Loyola is kind of trending towards more normal. They did compete with Richmond on the road. They've had better efforts in, in recent games. So even though my number kind of leaned minus four and a half for UMass, I, I did stay away. Uh, Noah Fernandes just had a baby, so maybe some some boost there for. Oh, is that uh, why he's been missing time? I think he's also hurt, but you oh. know, there's good good vibes around having having a child. Wow. 
Uh, Kai, back to you for SEC question. Vandy minus five at South Carolina. The, the Commodores actually playing pretty well lately. One at Florida, beat Tennessee at home. Do they keep it rolling against the worst team in the league? Well, how about the Gamecocks? They just beat Ole Miss on the road. Maybe the, maybe Ole Miss is the worst team in the league here. Uh, true. Uh, plus five. I actually kind of lean towards South Carolina. Um, wow. We know, we know GJ, Gigi Jackson's whole uh, uh, disciplinary thing that he went through. He came off the bench last game, I think, didn't score that Better much. Better without him. Didn't play that much. That's not true. <laughs> uh, I, I lean towards straight. I lean towards the Gamecocks here at plus five. They basically did, didn't play it last game. They were good. Josh Grayson saw it. I like Gamecocks. They played 15 minutes. They played Ole Miss. He he's a awful. dumpster fire. Okay. Ole Miss we'll is awful. Vandy's awesome. That's the better take. Vandy's been on fire. Liam Robbins dominates. Go, Jim. Sorry. Yeah. I, I think, I think this is not about this game, but I think Ole Miss has quit and I, yeah, Kermit's on his way out. Kermit's All right, Matt. Southern Illinois minus three and a half at Valpo on point in the chat liked Valpo, but he had, I think he said plus four and a half. Um, I don't like Valpo really ever. What do you think? Yeah, it's a team that can play weirdly good games because they do have the the top end talent with uh, with Kobe King and, and Ben Cricky still. I don't trust this team. I take SIU, I think, if you had to bet a side here. Uh, all right, Kai, I'm going to go to the big HCC game that did not make the outline. NC State on the road at Syracuse. I'll drop a fact here and see if you have any else, uh, any other info. Um, NC State, 48th percentile scoring against zones, 88th percentile against man. They are definitely a better team versus man because of dribble penetration and post-ups with DJ Burns that are less of an option yeah. against zone. So I kind of don't love the matchup for NC State, Kai. Certainly towards Syracuse. I don't love the matchup either. And DJ Burns has been immense for NC State. They're kind of running their offense through him. Hard to do, like you said, against Syracuse's zone. Uh, their guards are really erratic still. I know NC State's been pretty good this year, but I still don't really trust Traquavian Smith. A lot of bad shots mo- most likely coming. Uh, Jarko, Jarko Joyner as well. I do lean towards Q's minus one, but I didn't play it. All right, Maddie Mack, whole lot of questions about that. We're going to holster Buffalo, Ohio. Um, save that for later. Someone asked about Miami, Ohio at Toledo. I laughed out loud at Ted Spencer's joke that Toledo's rival is playing defense. That is that is funny to me, even though all these teams are in the state of Ohio. Matt, any take on Miami O and Toledo? Isn't Toledo on like an under streak quietly? I mean, they just went under by like a million points in Eastern Michigan. I like Toledo here. I think they smack Miami, Ohio. Um, I still think the best team in the MAC. Yeah, take. I would Continue. agree. Uh, I don't oh. think they're the best. I think Kent State's the best team in the MAC, but it's all right. I'll take Toledo by a nose. Right back to you, Matt. Buffalo and Ohio. To- oh, oh, actually, no, we're, we're holstering that. Sorry. Uh, what was the other question? Yeah, asked? Best bet, I might have missed a Matt question. Sorry. Uh, oh, Ed Redmond's, it, Ed's best bet is Akron. They're taking on Eastern Michigan. Matt, I sort of expected Imani Bates to once again be your best bet here, but it's not. Thought about it. Do you have a take on the game? I don't get why. Don't fade Eastern Michigan. They've covered, what, six in a row now? They've looked competitive in like every single game. Um, I guess the Buffalo game, they sort of backdoored it a little bit, but like I just think they're actually trying and they're too talented to be getting priced like they are. So I'm also not all the way in on Akron either. Yeah, they've lost two in a row. So maybe buy low for Akron. I don't know. We'll see if they're locked in. Two more, and then we will go back to the outline. Kai, Wyoming at New Mexico late night here. Really, really tough handicap without knowing Jalen House's status on the New Mexico side. Um, Do you have kind of a if he's in, if he's out take? I kind of lean towards New Mexico either way, to be honest. Wyoming on the road, don't trust this team whatsoever. They're banged up, of course. They've been yeah, and they're shorthanded. Like seven players. Yep. Yeah, lean towards New Mexico, but didn't didn't play it. Nothing strong. Yeah, I think if House is out, I really like the under. But 
that is very, very dependent on his status. He likes to push the tempo. Wyoming should play slow because they have no bodies left. Matt, last one from Yuli Butler at Nova. Butler has been horrific against quality competition. Nova might be trending up, up, up with Justin Moore. Nova laying nine and a half. What do you think? Yeah, I still don't like laying that many points with Nova until I see like the fully developed version of Nova. And Butler's been feisty lately, right? I mean, they got Bates back. I know they're not very good. Not going to go all the way there, but with Manny Bates back in the lineup without Chuck Harris, who, what's his status today? He's playing. He's back. Ah, he's, he's, that's bad. Yeah. It's bad. That's a net negative. I like who's cautious on the ball. Yeah. Still, Butler's trying, and they actually can defend and score at the paint with Bates there. Bates is everything. Like, they're awful without Bates, and they're occasionally competitive with Bates. Yeah, subtraction by addition with Harris. Uh, and Harris, yeah, that's actually tough. playing a lot better lately, too. All right, back to the outline. Matthew, I'll continue gathering chat mom questions. Uh, we're staying in B's country. Kayona, you here. Um, Providence, the arena formerly known as the Dunkin' Donuts Center, is where Creighton will come to town. And the Blue Jays are a fireball at the moment. I had the stats. I'm sure Jim has them too. Jim, please check me. I have Ed Cooley at 59 and 38 as a dog since 2016. Also have the Friars at 16 and 8 as a dog at home. Not often you catch Providence as a short home dog at this point. I isn't really privy to call them a home dog at plus one. But Kai, that's where they're at. What are you looking at? It's uh, such a Providence game. Um, you mentioned Cooley as a dog. Cooley is a home dog, avenging an earlier loss to Creighton in which they didn't have Baird, or Jared Bynum in that game. Obviously a major factor. Creighton kind of dominated that game. One by six. Uh, Providence yeah. came back. Oh, they're up by 16. door by road dog Providence yeah. there. Yep. Uh, Creighton's won eight in a row. They are absolutely rolling, but I think this is a get right game for Providence after the St. John's loss. Both teams are still in play for the one seed in the Big East tournament. Creighton does match up pretty well. They do compete on the glass. They don't really foul, but I like the home dog Friars here. Plus one best bet Providence, Jim. Love it, Kai. Uh, yeah, Matt, you mentioned some of the data. Uh, Cooley is 26 and 16 against the spread as a home dog at Providence. Covered six of the last seven. That's 62%. And surprising fact here, 15 and seven against the spread against McDermott, 69% covering by almost three points a game. Seems like that physicality in the paint, they can kind of match that. And I mean, in the past, this is, you know, Creighton's been more offense and, and defense optional. But even with this current version, I think Providence can kind of match and exceed what Creighton offers. Creighton's really, really running high on their value right now. And man, we know that that home court can be as good as any in the country. The dunk slash the amp. Uh, I, I like Providence as well. Uh, despite how Creighton's playing, I, I like Providence. I kind of lean Creighton. I'm so disrespectful to Cooley and that home court there, but uh, I, I just think Creighton's really good. That's all I have. We're staying in Big East country. Kai, coming back to the Mecca, Chicago, Big East, Big East, or Chicago's Big East team. DePaul is hosting St. John's. Um, two biggie seller dwellers, two teams that are as Jekyll and Hyde as you'll find. Um, I kind of think DePaul competes here and, and wins this game. It's a short spread, basically a pick them here. Um, 158 is the total, been better from 156. I can certainly see a track meet of um, insane helter skelter fashion. Uh, what do you make of this matchup? Uh, game one wasn't close. St. John's won by 19. It was at their place, and the St. and St. John's was fully healthy. They had Mathis, they had Curbelo. Uh, DePaul didn't have an eye, different circumstances, I suppose, but St. John's killed them. Um, we haven't seen DePaul, excuse me, we have seen DePaul beat better teams at home this season. They beat Villanova and Xavier somehow, but uh, and I don't trust this Johnny's team. It seems like Mike Anderson is gone after this season. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting here. But 
it is DePaul, and it's a really short line. So I guess I lean towards St. John's here, Jim, uh, against my Big East Chicago team. I think Joel Soriano is going to have a field day tonight against DePaul. Yeah, I think he had an awesome start to the first game. I remember watching that, and he was just feasting in the lane. Mm -hmm. There's the interesting David Jones angle where it's he's coming home, but it's also his old teammates that probably have a little bit of revenge on the mind against him too. Like, hey, you left us. You went to St. John's, and ha, you're not even succeeding there. St. John's, yeah, they're coming off the big win against Providence. I would sense more of a dip in effort in this one. And I have to, of course, mention my guy Caleb Murphy, who continues to be horrific. He is shooting 30% from two-point range since returning, has not had an offensive rating over 100 yet in seven games. He is truly subtraction by addition for DePaul. That makes me concerned for them. That's probably going to keep me off the the Blue Demons here. So no bet for me, Matt, but lean towards DePaul. Yeah, I, man, if you bet this game, good luck to you. That's all I'll say. Uh, let's move on here. A game that's near and dear to both of your hearts. The Missouri Tigers are in action after that insane and probable, I guess at this point, believable, given how that season's transpired. When at Tennessee at Rocky Top, now they go on the road to another uh, renowned environment there, the jungle at War Eagle. Mr. McKeon, yes. money coming in on Auburn. I don't like it. I don't care that Auburn's at home. I don't care that's a bad spot for Mizzou. Everything else to me screams Mizzou. Um, I just think it's too many points. Oh, it's a biased. terrible spot for Mizzou. It's a, like the worst spot imaginable. Yeah, off that emotional buzzer beater win at Tennessee, which was just incredible. We're not used to that as Mizzou fans. And then now you're traveling to Auburn's home floor. Auburn's off an Alabama loss. They've lost three in a row. It feels very much like you're at like a bounce back smash, frankly. Um, Auburn's going to smoke them on the glass. Every team does. Mizzou's allowing 39% offensive rebounding rate in conference play. That's a lot. They have no answer for Janai Broom uh, on that end on the glass. Really no answer for Cardwell either as backup. I do think Mizzou will get to the line. And of course, if they're hot, kind of like Penn State, they have a chance here. They're a very poised ball handling team. They don't make a lot of mistakes. That's very key against Auburn. Six and a half number wise, Jim, just ignoring spot. I do lean towards Mizzou. It's a little bit high, but the spot, the home, the home floor scares me away. Yeah, really, really scares me. I, and in Mizzou, I, I would maybe, if you're going to bet them, I would lean towards first half. They're really showing some issues in the second half right now because they don't have a lot of depth. Without Mosley, without Gamillion, and yeah, hey, you tell me if Mosley's going to be traveling and playing in this game. I have no idea. No idea. Absolutely. Yep. No one no one does. So with, with that, the way they like to play, pressure, especially against a team like Auburn's going to beat them up in the glass. They need to generate turnovers. And we saw it against Tennessee when they kind of ran out of steam on that defensive end for forcing those turnovers. You can really, really punish them. I feel like Auburn can do that in the second half. Feels like kind of a cascade of a of a run with the crowd getting behind Johnson and Green. I, I have some serious concern for my Tigers here, Matthew. And I'm not going to think any less of them if it goes poorly. Uh, and this is, I think, exactly what I said about the at Arkansas game way early in the year when they played really well in the first half and kind of collapsed in the second half. So I, that's that's kind of how I see this one going. Any take on the total here, guys? It feels like the smarts, the sharps have been betting unders Mizzou consistently. Yeah. I don't really understand why. I feel like there's like a pace angle there. But again, yeah, the second half explosion that Mizzou just plays completely with you know, unabashed right. confidence. And I, I don't understand why people bet the under here. I would take the over. I know Auburn's an under team and how they play and dominate the rim and they're not as you know fast to transition. I take over 151 in a second. I, I don't think it's a pace angle, Matt. I think it's a regression angle. I think people think Mizzou's shooting over their heads. The splits are so Teams are shooting too good against them. It's frankly a shot quality angle, Matthew. But yeah. 
they're wrong. Ah, <laughs> Mizzou, gotcha. Mizzou shoots this well, and they are that poor on defense. Like the I think they are this just... poor on defense, especially if they have like if they're in a not as close game, right? I think like if they're up in any game, they just it's a turnstile to the rim. You guys have yeah, seen yeah. it too. So Mizzou's tempo is second highest in the SEC. They play fast. They they are in transition yeah. all the time. Auburn's also sneaky been an over team. Like six of the last nine have gone over. Oh, really, they're playing pretty fast. I also think this could be a free throw fest for Auburn mm-hmm. after watching Mizzou foul like crazy against Tennessee. Last game, Auburn likes to get to the line. That is a, a tough angle for for under because of how many free points you give them. I guess I'm just thinking of the Tennessee game and the Alabama game. You're right. Every other game recently has gone over, Jim. Good point. Um, the data never lies. All right. We continue on. Last game here in the SEC. Not sure why I threw this one on the outline. I'll be honest. But a little love to Georgia and LSU. Kai, Georgia laying four and a half is kind of a wild concept to me. Um, but against this LSU team, I certainly understand it. I lean toward the fighting Mike Whites here, the Bulldogs at home in Athens. What's your angle? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Keep fading LSU. They're they're 7-17 on the year against the spread, fourth worst in the country. They're 1-10 against the spread in the last 11, and they're 1-4 against the spread on the road. Um, they're, they're just not a very good team this year, and they're playing below expectations, and the market really can't catch up with it. Georgia got Terry Roberts back. It's huge, right? They beat Kentucky with him. Makes a huge difference. Georgia's obviously a way more competent team at home as well. You saw the Kentucky game. I like Georgia here at minus four and a half, Jim. I think there's a little part of the spot that could trend towards LSU because Georgia is coming off that uh, big win. LSU, I thought maybe had quit when they got down like 41 to 14 against Texas A&M, but they got it all the way back to eight in the final like five minutes. That was impressive that they didn't fully roll over. But with no Trey Hannibal, who I think matters a lot, one of their actual penetrators, they don't have any other guys that can win off the bounce and get into the lane. That offense is really, really impotent in Georgia. This feels a little bit short for how bad LSU has been playing. So I I do lean towards Georgia as well. I guess part of the cover streak, the anti-cover streak, I guess you want to call it, against LSU is they have been like close to covering games, Jim. You mentioned that A&M is an example. Like They haven't been completely helpless to all these games, but I also think that that is a reason why they are still value as a fade because they're really never competitive until... A&M kind of let their foot off the gas in that last game. We've seen that in a couple other games. So it's like, it's like Georgetown yeah, I, I, I last Georgia. year where like they right. kept getting smacked and then would sneak back into it. And so the value right. stayed on the fade side. Right. So yeah, unless you're, if you're just relying on just the analytic rankings, they don't actually fall. But um, if you're doing your own numbers, maybe you caught that earlier. Uh, that's concludes our outline. Let's go back to chat mob part two. Back to you, Maddie Mac question from Joey. Northern Illinois at Ball State. Ball Ooh. State lane 11, but I know you've been big into your NIU Huskies yeah. lately. Spilled the beans in the chat. I really like the NIU team. Um, I think they cover this one, so I think it's close. They got walloped by Ball State at home earlier. I worry about a complete bloodbath up front. NIU's not very big. They're playing with a lot more guards and pace and space, but they can score it. Those two Juco guards, Nutter and Coy, can really shoot and score. Um, just got to try to find a way to contain Sparks at the rim, and I think they keep it close. Yeah, their shooting numbers lately have been through the roof. They're, they're making everything. Kai, in the Big Ten, Rutgers is back home, laying 14 to Nebraska. Uh, tough recent schedule for Rutgers coming off uh, losing Mawat Mag. Now do they get right at home here against Nebraska, who's been really feisty at Pinnacle Bank at home, but yeah. not as effective on the road. Not a good road team. Tough place to play. Good bounce spots back here, or spot back, <laughs> spot here. Uh, but laying 14 sounds pretty high for, for Rutgers. Um, I, I stayed away, supposedly towards the rack. We the mag injury is going to hurt. 
good big favorite. Yes, yeah, agreed, Matt. Big no mag. Yeah, he yeah he hurts him in general for sure. Yes. All right, Kai. Right back to you because we're saving a special one for Matthias uh, Air Force at Utah State. Utah State laying 12 and a half. I believe the first game was a 12 point win for Utah State. Frustrating for you and I, who were both backing Air Force in that game. But Utah State off a couple of losses back home seems like an okay spot for them. Kai, to you. Who? Sorry, I missed it. Kai, to you. Utah State Air Force. Utah State Air Force. Uh, No idea. Lean towards Aggies. Utah State at the spectrum. Aggies. No. I like Utah State too. I, I think Air Force had that big, big effort against shorthanded New Mexico. Now they go on the road. I like Utah State. Matthew, you get your Blue Devils. You try to keep them off the outline. You don't want to talk about how dire the situation is for them. Uh, Duke minus 12 against Notre Dame, one of the least athletic teams in a power conference. Does Duke overwhelm them? Uh, well, Filipowski is out confirmed, right? Is that all the way confirmed? I don't it think matters. he's 100% out. It's, it's He had an MRI. I haven't heard the results yet. Uh, money coming on Notre Dame seemed to maybe indicate that they think yeah. he will be out, but as you mentioned, Dreek Whitehead last game, I think gives Duke at least a puncher's chance to maybe find some rhythm on offense, but I don't like laying Duke this many points. Shire's not playing that fast. It's not a team that's going to like have a blowout or, fa- or you'll play well as a larger favorite. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe you wonder if there's like, you know, Mike Bray kind of part of the old Duke guard. Uh, is there kind of that army angle where Duke doesn't blow away one of their old, uh, their old brotherhood members? Hey, how about Mike Bray? Not done. He, he's yeah, Mike done Bray's not done. Notre Dame weird thing. Year, but he's big in the conversation for Georgetown, Kai. How about that? Wow. Uh, five and 19. Notre Dame against the spread. Pretty bad. There you Pretty go. bad. <laughs> uh, all right. I believe that is it. Chat, if I miss something, holler. But I think that's everything. Let's go to best bets. Kai, to you. My best bet reminder was Providence plus one, taking them at the dunk. I'm calling it the dunk against Creighton in a major, major spot. Ed Cooley, short dog. Go get him. Matthias. Uh, that is my turn. I was deliberating between first half and full game. So if I were you, I would take the opposite of what I'm going to say or just take both. Let me head your bets here. I like the Bobcats at Ohio, of Ohio, at Ohio, hosting Buffalo today. Total is 161 to give you an indication what kind of game this will be. Um, neither team plays a ton of defense. Buffalo torched Ohio and transitioned the first game. I watched a little bit of that. I think Jeff Bowles is too good of a coach to let that happen again. Um, and Ohio is just a better, more reliable team. If you can just make Buffalo play in the half court, I don't think they're that good. Right? They supplement on the glass. They rely on transition. Just hyper-focus on that, Jeff. And I think you guys get an easy win tonight. So taking Ohio, minus four and a half, full game, full game. Rivers. Jim? Full game. That a boy. A reminder on mine, I went with Illinois minus three on the road. Just honestly think it's a really, really good spot for them. It's a little of the yesterday what we said with Monmouth NCANT where it's my gut is against my number, which is likely a little bit stale because Illinois, like I said, covered nine of ten. They were playing fantastic of late. I think they get a little revenge there against Penn State. Maul them in the paint. Believe that is it, fellas. Matthew, sign us off. How about one last Take at the buzzer for our guy E. Pitt versus Boston College. Kai, give us something there. Anything. Bueller. Lean I towards like Pitt. Guys. Ooh, we should the best ATS team in the country. They're rolling. Right, yeah, they're good. The, the matchup is scary because uh, BC's defense is really, really compact, and Pitt just fires three and makes them all. Fires threes and makes them all. So we got you. Uh, hey, thanks for coming by, everyone. We are back tomorrow, same time as usual. That'll be 12 Central, 1 Eastern, 10 Pacific. Until that time, good luck. And before you go anywhere, smash the like button.
We'll pause right now for two seconds and do it. There we go. go <laughs> and ahead. that's it. Thank you again. Good. Tomorrow, come back. <laughs>